Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow. Man, I love this church. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, what if believing? What if believing in God and in his word with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul What if it changes everything? What if it opens up a whole new world? What if it puts you in a place where you get to see the marvelous and wonderful and glorious things of God? And and I'm talking about the kind of belief in God and in his word that changes every facet of your life. It's who you are. It becomes a part of your DNA, if you please. And everywhere you go, and everybody you talk to, on the job, everywhere, you're talking about the Lord, and you're celebrating your faith. I'm talking about you and me being a living, breathing, walking, talking, sold-out testimony for the goodness of God. That's the kind of belief I'm talking about. And so, what if believing? And the first scripture I want to give you is Psalm 107, verse 2. And this is what it says. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Child of God, you may not know it, but at one time you were in the hand of the enemy. At one time you were in the grip of the enemy. And when Jesus saved you, He took you out of the grip of the enemy and he made you a part of his family. And so I'm telling you today that if you have been delivered from the hand of the enemy, then that means you are among the redeemed. And that means that you should say so. Yes. Yes. Praise God. And, And I want to tell you this. That means you should say so even... When you're not in church. When you're out there in the marketplace. uh, When you're going through the checkout line. When you're on the job. You you should say so. You know, I was thinking the other day that an avid golfer will talk about golf when he's not on the golf course. That an avid hunter will talk about hunting when he's not in the woods. And an avid fisherman will talk about fishing when he's not on the water. So shouldn't a dedicated, sold-out child of God talk about Jesus when he's not in church? You see, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before the world, before men, before others. And I got to tell you, 
that if the only place your light shines is in here, if that's the only place my light shines, then we're failing. We're failing. We're to let our light shine out there. We are to be the same out there as we are in here. Do you hear me? Um, I've always been fairly bold in my faith. And I've always uh, been able to talk to people about the Lord and about our Savior. But a few months back, I realized that I was missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because I was a little bit afraid or nervous about what people would think about me. And so I made up my mind that when I'm outside this church, I'll talk the same way I do when I'm inside this church. And I hope you'll make that same commitment before the day is out. And, and so I started using the language of Zion out there, wherever I go, just like I do in here. Do you know what the language of Zion is, don't you? That's the way we talk when a bunch of Christians are together. That's saying, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, bless the Lord. Uh, that, that's when we're saying those things that, that elevate and enhance the lives of others that we're around. And, and so, think about this. The devil's crowd will not change the way they talk when they're around us. So should we change the way we talk when we're around them? Absolutely not. No, no, we, we should share our faith. We should say words, uh, bless the Lord. Uh, I, I told a lady in the ch- checkout line, uh, line just a couple days ago, she said something to me and I could tell she was kind of negative. And I said, I said, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. If you'll put your faith in the Lord, he'll give you strength. She looked at me and got wide-eyed and never said a word. But let me tell you, Okay, so I didn't see any, any results of that right at the moment. But who knows <clears throat> that that seed will bear fruit? Who knows what will happen? And if I do that and you do that and a dozen more people do that, then I'm telling you, uh, it can work. And, and God can use it. I was in my doctor's office uh, just a week or so back, and really, I had made up my mind, and so I was sitting there waiting, and that's a wonderful time for those of you who go to the doctor, and you sit there for an hour while you're waiting for somebody to come in, and you can do one of two things. You can act like the devil, or you can take that time and worship and glorify God. I mean, just magnify the Lord. And so I was there, and I wasn't feeling well, but I'll tell you, praise and worship will help you feel better, no matter how you feel. And I was saying, thank you, Jesus. I I love you, Lord. You said uh, all things work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And and Lord, I'm sitting in this doctor's office, and I believe this can work for good, and I I don't really understand it all, but I don't have to understand it at all. And and for about 30 minutes, I was just worshiping the Lord. And then the nurse comes through the door. And when she comes through the door, she says, how are you? And I said, I'm praising God and and loving on Jesus, and, and I'm just having a good time. And she looked at me. And, and she was so wide-eyed, I thought it had offended her. 
But that wasn't the case. She looked at me and she said, I love Jesus too. And I'm sure they have some regulations on the job, but the moment I said what I said, it freezed her. It, it, it allowed her to say what she wanted to say. She said, I love Jesus too. She said, God takes care of me. She said, I love him. He meets my every need. She, she said, he meets all of my... She started quoting scripture. She said, he meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And I'm thinking, man, man, this is good. And we just started sharing one with another. And then she said something I'd never heard before. She said to me, you know, God can work on computers, don't you? (laughs) And then I'm thinking, God can work on computers? And and maybe the thought did occur to me. Maybe maybe she's talking about her computer tore it. She prayed over her computer and God worked on her computer and it started working. How many of you have ever prayed over something that quit working and it started working again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you pull on that lawnmower till you just, your arm's about to fall off and then you decide to pray and lay hands on it and it fires up. Yeah, God can work on anything he wants to work on. He's God. Nothing is impossible with him. She said, you know, God can work on computers. And I said, "Uh, God can do anything. So if he wants to work on a computer, I guess he can do that. And she said, let me tell you how God works on computers. I I knew this was going to be good. I just knew it. And, And so she said, I don't have much money. And she said, I owed a bill that was so large, there was no way I could pay this bill off. And she said, but then that scripture says, God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And I just decided I believed it. Remember, we're talking about believing today. She said, I decided I believed God's word more than my situation and circumstance. So I just started thanking God for paying that bill off. She said, I waited a month. And she said, I called them after she got the notice, said she waited a month. And she said, how much do I owe you? The lady says, let me pull it up on the computer. So she pulls it up and tells her. She thought, oh, man, I'm never going to be able to pay that. And so she said, okay. And so she spent another month thanking and praising God for meeting her needs. And she said, I called back after a month. The lady said, let me pull it up on the computer. So she pulls it up and she tells her, and it's significantly lower than the first time. But she didn't say anything. She said, thank you. She started praying again. She waited another month. Now remember, she's telling me this whole testimony. She said she waited another month and she called her back, called the place of business, says, how much do I owe you guys now? Tell me one more time. And said, the lady pulls it up on the computer and said, you have a zero balance. You don't owe us anything. And then she said, don't you tell me that God can't go into that computer and change those numbers. And then she said one more thing. This is what she said. She said, I... I don't think I'd ever heard anybody say it this way. She said, I don't ever ask God for anything anymore. I never ask God for anything. She said, when I need something, I just start thanking him for it.
I say, thank you, Lord. Listen, if God says that he meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory, do we believe that? So thank him for meeting your needs even before he meets your needs. That, that's what that's all about. I don't think I've ever met anybody in my life who, uh, who had more boldness, more confidence, more believing faith than that woman. And, and it was just a beautiful experience. In fact, when the doc, I think they heard us out in the hallway, the doctor walked through the door and said, what is going on in here? And I simply said, we're having church. And the doctor said, I believe you are. I believe you are. And it was, uh, I hope she didn't get in trouble. Uh, But anyway, what if believing? I'm talking about all out wholehearted believing in the Lord your God and in the word of God. What if that kind of belief really does open the doors for God to move into your life with signs and wonders and miracles and blessings from heaven above? What if? Some of us, sincerely now, are waiting for God to do something for us while God is waiting for us to believe in him so he can do something for us. Wow. Wow. Well, let me show you right out of the word of God. This is Mark 9, 23. Jesus was talking to a man who needed a miracle. Mark 9, 23, he was talking to a man that needed a miracle. His son was in trouble and he needed a miracle. And this is what Jesus said to him. In fact, I'd like for you to read it with me. We'll pull it up on the screen. Here it is, Mark 9, 23. Read it with me. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. You see, when you really start believing, you step into a whole new world where where the impossible does not exist, not with God. God can do whatever he chooses to do. He can do it any way he chooses to do it. And, and, And so... Here's uh, another passage of scripture. Let me see if I can find it. Where Jesus goes to his hometown. And this is Nazareth. And think about this. He's, he's preaching and teaching in his hometown. And they didn't believe. And then this is what he says. This is Matthew thirteen fifty eight. It says, now... He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, I don't know how you read that, but friends, this is how I read that. Jesus was saying that he could have and he would have done mighty works, but he didn't do mighty works because they didn't believe. Had they believed, had they stepped out on faith, had they trusted him, he would have done mighty miracles there, but he didn't do mighty miracles there. So, He can do all things. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is impossible. He's the Lord God of all flesh, he said to one of the prophets, and he could do anything. But yet, he will not move in a place where people do not believe. He will not move in a place 
where individuals or churches do not believe in him. Years ago, it's one of my favorite stories I tell. Years ago, I was pastoring up in Bainbridge, Georgia. And there was a godly woman in our church, but her husband was an atheist. She'd come to church, but he wouldn't budge. She had prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him, but he wouldn't budge. Wouldn't darken the doors of the church. And then one day she called me and she said, uh, her husband's name was Bill. She said, Bill's had a massive heart attack. They're not expecting him to make it. So I rushed to the hospital in Tallahassee. And I got there in time for the doctor to come out and talk to us. And I will never forget the doctor said to her, I'm sorry your husband's not going to make it. He's had a massive heart attack. Uh, it's a good possibility his, he's already brain dead. I, I hate to bring you such sad news. And I stood in the waiting room with her, and she was so broken. She was so broken. And I remember putting my arms around her, and I said, can you believe God? Can you believe God right now? And you know what she said to me? She said, no, I cannot. And then I said, and I don't know where I got this from. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will just drop something uh, into your head and heart the moment you need it. And I said, well, can you refuse to doubt him? If you can't believe him, can you just refuse to doubt him? And she said, maybe. And so I led her in a prayer. Lord, we just refuse to doubt. You're a faithful God. You're a mighty God. We don't know what you're up to. But we do know that this this dear wife, I was just praying, this dear wife has been praying for the salvation of her husband for so long. And now he's had a heart attack and the doctors say he won't make it. And so, so we, I prayed with her for a while and it was so sad. And then I left and went home. The doctor said he wouldn't last over 24 hours, but he did. And then he was still alive a week later. Now he was in a coma. The doctor said if he ever wakes up, he would not be the same and more than likely he'll never wake up. I mean, the news was just so bad. And, and then about a month later, he was still in a, in a coma. And I get there. And when I walk through the door, there's a lady sitting in the corner. And she has, I, I, I thought she might have been an angel. But she said she was a member of the family, so I didn't argue with her. But <laughs> she was doing needlepoint. And I introduced myself to her. And then I said, I've come to pray over Bill. And she said to me, I'm saying these, these are her words verbatim. She said, well, you can, but it's not necessary. I said, well, what does that mean? She said, well, some of us have already prayed <clears throat> and some of us believe and God has put it in our hearts to believe that he's going to wake up and that he's going to be fine. And uh, <clears throat> she said, so I think we've already got the answer to prayer. So there's no need for you to pray over him unless you just want to. 
Have you ever noticed that people who walk real close to the Lord can irritate you? <laughs> I, it irritated me. <clears throat> I thought, who does she think she is? But I said, well, if you don't mind, I'm going to pray over him. She said, go ahead. Just go ahead if you want to. But she didn't join me. She didn't look up. She just kept doing her needlepoint. And before I left that room, she said, he's going to wake up. He's going to be perfectly healthy. And and he's going to have a normal life. The exact opposite of what the doctor said. A few days after that, he woke up. I went to see him immediately when I heard that he woke up. I said, Bill, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing great. I said, Bill, I want to talk to you. This may not last long. He said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. You need to be saved. He said to me, no, I don't. He said, I'm already saved. I said, wait, Bill, you just woke up. He said, I know while I was in that coma, Jesus came to me. By the way, if there's somebody here and you've been praying for, you had been praying for a loved one for many years and they were sick and in a coma, you don't know what God can do. You don't know. But God was honoring the prayers and the beliefs of that wife and whoever that woman was in the room. (laughs) And I said, Bill, tell me about it. And he said, while I was in that coma, Jesus came to me and he said, there was a fence between us. These are his words. And he said, Jesus told me that I could cross that fence and live with him for the rest of my life. He said, or or the Lord said, or you can stay where you are. And Bill said, you know what? He said, I know I said I was an atheist, but he said, when Jesus came to me, I ceased to be an atheist and I became a believer and I stepped over that fence and I embraced Jesus and then I woke up. I want to tell you, He got out of the hospital the first Sunday he was out of the hospital. He walked down the aisle of our church, made a public profession of faith. He got baptized and served the Lord uh, until many years later when he passed away. And then, and before I left Bainbridge, Georgia, he and I would walk 18 holes of golf and play golf. He He wasn't just normal. He was unbelievably healthy. God had touched him. Friends, I, it, when did we forget that our God is a mighty God? That nothing's too hard for Him. That He can do anything according to His own will. And, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe that I myself, maybe some of you, have missed many of the blessings of God because I stopped believing in the supernatural power of the Most High God. Oh, friends, what a mighty God we serve. I have one more illustration for you, and this one's near and dear to my heart. My wife and I have our 52nd wedding anniversary coming up pretty soon. (laughs) 
We got married when we were 12. <laughs> after we were married, after a while, we started wondering what's wrong because uh, we, we were trying to have a baby, but it just wasn't working. And then we went to a team of doctors in Tallahassee, and they told us that we would never be able to have children. And I won't go into the medical part of it, but he was very straight with us. He said, you're not going to be able to have children. And uh, so we were shocked, and we were crying. I remember the day we drove back into Sopchapi, and there was a man living in our town that made all the difference in the world in our lives. He was a man of faith, and we didn't even go home. We drove straight to his house, and we were crying, and we told him. And he said, wait, 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 wait. That's what the doctors said. But we don't know yet what God has to say. And he said, maybe, maybe God will say yes. He said, sometimes God says no. Maybe God will say yes. And so he said, let's pray until God speaks. And we said, okay, that's what we'll do. <clears throat> and he said, be at my house at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, I had to go to work. But anyway, I said, okay, all right. So we got up. We were at his house 5 o'clock in the morning, and we prayed for about an hour, and then we left and went to work. And, and right before we walked out the door, he said, be back here at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I'm telling you, morning after morning after morning, we met with him at 5 o'clock in the morning. And uh, one morning when we knocked on his door and he opened the door, he said, uh, prayer is over now. We don't have to pray anymore. He said, God has heard our prayers. He said, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and the Lord told me, you will have children. In spite of what the doctor said, you will have children. And uh, so we kind of believed him. Now, now let me say something to you. When your faith is weak, uh, the way you build your faith, according to the Bible, is faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? But here's another way to build your faith. Hang around somebody who has great faith. You hang around somebody who has great faith and it will build your faith. Well, it wasn't because of our faith. It was because of his faith and belief. Well, my wife and I, we didn't show up at 5 o'clock anymore. We went about our lives, and a couple of weeks later, my wife got sick. She was throwing up. She was bad sick. And I thought, God, we can't have children, and now my wife is sick. Does any of this stuff really work? And we took her to the doctor, and the doctor said, you're pregnant. Listen, God, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. <clears throat> One day in this very church, early on, when we first got out here, I was preaching one day, 
And after the service, I told several stories like this, and after I preached, there was a man here, and he walked up to me, and he said, this is what he said, he said, preacher, I like you. And I was glad to hear that. But he said, I don't believe those stories you tell. I said, really? He said, nope. He said, I'm sorry, but I don't believe those stories you tell. And and I tell you, I thought about something the Bible says. The Bible says that in the last days, there will be people who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power therein. And I recognized him as a man who had a form of godliness but had denied the power therein. Because i got to tell you, if you don't believe my stories, believe somebody else's story. Believe a million stories across this nation. Believe hundreds of millions of testimonies about God and what he can do through the, through the ages. Yeah, believe those stories. <clears throat> even, even Jesus said one time, it, it, at least believe me for the work's sake. That's what he said. I don't know about you, but a form of godliness is just not good enough for me. It's not good enough for me. I don't want a form of godliness and deny the power, and I don't think this church does either. So I want to ask you, do you believe enough today? Do you believe enough to trust God as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe enough to unashamedly and boldly go into the baptismal waters and testify to everybody that God has given you a new life? Do you believe enough to forgive every person who has ever hurt you, disappointed you, or violated you in any way? I mean everybody. Do you believe enough to put your hands on your own children and bless them, to bless your home, to speak a blessing over people who are around you. Do you believe that much? Do you believe enough to turn your whole life over to the Lord for him to lead you and guide you and bless you? Because I want to tell you, friends, if you believe that much, oh, let me add one more in there. Do you believe enough to thank God for something before you even receive it? Do you believe that much? Because I'm going to tell you, if you believe like that, you'll begin to see God move in amazing ways in your life. I've got one last verse that kind of validates everything I've told you today. It's Hebrews 11, 6. Here it is. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. Now, the first thing I want to point out is this, and that is faith and believing are synonymous. They're synonymous. If you have faith, you believe. If you believe, you have faith. They go together. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. How many of you believe God is? Hold your hand up. Yeah, praise God. All right? Believe that God is and that he is a, say it with me, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you can't please God. None of us can please God unless you believe he is God and unless you believe he's a God who rewards those who come after him. Now, how does he reward us? That's his business. But I can tell you there are rewards and blessings and things of God that will happen in your life 
in an amazing way when you believe, when you have faith and you believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the joy we felt in this house. I thank you for the praise and worship. But I also thank you, Lord, that you've revealed to us through your word (laughs) that all things are possible to those who believe. And that when we refuse to believe, we hinder your power to move in our lives. Father, we believe. Today as a church, we just confess that we believe. And Lord, we believe that you are God. And we believe that you can reward those who seek you. Lord, I pray that you'll enhance our faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.